everybody hi i had to pay tribute to one of my favorite wrestlers of all time um i used to make so i'd go to the staples at the south mall squeezer Mm -hmm. and i'd buy paper clips like different sizes and i'd make my razors gold out of the paper clips (laughs) and i'd wet my hair even though it was like short and I'd put him around, put my, come to the ring, doing the strut, thinking I was cool. I had like a little stuffy to the side that I'd give the Razor's Gold to before my match. I was a big Razor Mark. Did you have a little toothpick or would your mom not give them to you because she was afraid you'd hurt yourself? Oh no, I had tooth. I still carry I have toothpicks with me at all times. Uh, Enchantress constantly steps on them. Ow. <laughs> yeah. They come in handy when you have like holes that are just a little too big and you gotta put a screw back in and just put a toothpick in there with a little wood glue. Mm-mm. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I was upset to hear Scott Hall had a hip replacement. He had a um, he had a uh, blood clot from the hip replacement and it caused him to have three severe heart attacks. He was on life support and then uh, they pulled him on life support and uh, six hours later he passed away. Yeah. The bad guy. It's a, yeah. When, it's a bummer too, because it's like he got his shit together. He did get know? his life together. He was he was on a bad way. Um, he, there's some indie footage of him coming out drunk as fuck, and then like he mm-hmm. saw that footage. Kevin reached out. Kevin Nash went down there. So you got to get your fucking life together. And then Dallas Page reached out, and he's uh, him and uh, him and Jake Roberts were at the house, and he's like, yeah, the accountability house, you're coming down. Dal started him on DDP yoga and um, he got was him one clean. of his best. Uh, Looked like a di- like when he stories. when you see him getting picked up at the airport by Dallas and Jake, like he looks like a like he's look he's like three hundred plus pounds. He's so bloated. Mm-hmm. He's in a wheelchair. Um, and then like you know you saw him at the the Hall of Fame and he was and he was <coughs> he was great. Well, you were uh, you were more of the Scott Hall outsiders post WCW, right? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I wasn't. I didn't really start watching again until sporadically, like ninety five, ninety six, and ninety seven is when I got more. Like, probably he was on his way out as I started watching again. But what got me watching again was he left in ninety six. Well, it was. WrestleMania 10 I rented at Blockbuster. And that's one of the ones where I was like, "Oh shit, like that cuz I didn't seen that match prior cuz I wasn't really watching." Ah. And then I was renting old tapes and that's what kind of got me into it. And I don't want to say it's like, "Oh, well, that's the one that got me," but it was stuff like that. So I was 
that so WrestleMania kind of like lived it. <coughs> I had obviously I said it before I had all the wrestling pay per views because my dad, so we had them all, and sometimes friends would come watch him at my house. And I remember Matt was down we were watching that WrestleMania. I was so pumped because my two favorite wrestlers were going against each other, and um, I kind of knew about the click, but I didn't. Like I knew what I read, and you know that when you called the nine hundred numbers, if my friend Matt was allowed to, you'd hear about the click. And my favorite wrestlers at the time were HBK, uh, Razor Ramon, One Two Three Kid. Uh, like I love them. Uh, they're like the best of the best, and I love Bret Hart too. But that WrestleMania had some great matches. The Bret and Owen match was fucking awesome, and then the latter match just blew that out of the water. Uh, and then the stinker to give Brett the belt at the end with a Yokozuna <laughs> to make up for the fucking Hogan shit they did to him um, was rough. But uh, yeah, Razor was. I was played Razor on uh, Royal Rumble for SNES uh, or HBK, um, and I have that. I, I Enchantress got me the Intercontinental Razor title for Christmas this past year. No, that's pretty awesome. It's hanging in my office. See it every time you come in there. Uh, which she also ordered, and she told me when I was like, Scott Hall died. And she, she's like, who? <laughs> I'm like, Razor Ramon. She goes, oh. She's like, oh, shit. She goes, I ordered you for Christmas, and the guy didn't get back to me, but I ordered it for you for Valentine's Day, but it's not here yet. She got me the two-up of raised purple Hasbro Razor Ramon. Ah. Yeah. Like, she got me the two-up of HBK. Mm-hmm. She's like, for Christmas, she's like, what else do you want? I'm like, the Razor two-up. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you uh a man mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but I love that belt that fucking belt and now I went on um shop WWE shop you can't even get it right now I don't know if because he died it sold out they don't even have it listed <clears throat> so I'm glad I got it when I did because I love that belt it's even got a little toothpick holder hmm. a little toothpick pocket on it uh, but yes, I was sad. Razor and my, I told my sister, and she was like, "No," because she, she uh, you know, she would you know watch wrestling with me, and and she loved Razor too because she knew how much I loved Razor. He's like, I would say after Hogan left, like I tried watching WCW, but I stopped giving a shit. You know, I was, I was the one fan who was still, as Squeezer would say, all in on the new generation. <laughs> Like I still watch WWF regularly. Like every superstars, every every show I could, every Raw, and I was huge Razor fan, huge HBK fan, huge Bret Hart fan, and I liked all the weird gimmicks, you know. <clears throat> I was I watched the day, Fourth of July, when Lex Luger got on the USS Intrepid and and body slammed fucking Yokozuna. I watched that all day, <laughs> that whole spectacle. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, it was worth the payoff. Was it, though? Because, like, I was excited, <laughs> Lex Luger. I was like, oh, Lex Luger is going to be badass. And it just never really. They they put the strap on him at a house show, and Vince is like, God damn, I don't see it. I don't see it. Oh, yeah, you coming back here? Uh, apparently, uh, when Scott Hall and, and um, Sean went long on their ladder match at WrestleMania 10, uh, Every, at backstage, everyone was like, like a round of applause. Like you guys just showstopper, stole the whole show, stole the sh- stole the pay per view. And but Macho Man came up. There was a great match, brother. Yeah, great match. But a little selfish going over, brother. It's not all about you. Yeah. 
True story. As told by Damn. Scott Hall. Um, yeah. What you going at? You winning in the ring? You lose it one, two, three in the ring. Yeah, not on a ladder. Not with the macho man. Yeah. Uh, and that, the finish to that is just so fucking perfect. Arguably, arguably, Squeezer, their SummerSlam ladder match that took place, uh, what, three, five months later? Yeah. Arguably, they Vince came out before and was like, oh, goddamn, you can't use the ladder as a weapon. I'm like, what do you mean you can't use the ladder as a weapon? We signed the goddamn paper that said no household items would be used as a weapon. Ladder's a household item, pal. Can't use it as a weapon. Like, what the fuck are we supposed to do if you can't use a ladder as a weapon? And and they improvised <coughs> with two ladders. I got an idea. Doot, doot, doot. We'll use two ladders. <laughs> Arguably, that's that's a more... Because, uh, like, they had to get more creative with what they did. And <clears throat> I love the 10, WrestleMania 10 match. I love it to death. But the SummerSlam... Don't sleep on the SummerSlam rematch. I'll check it out. It is uh it is a classic. That Summer Slam was kind of a stinker too aside from that. I mean no one wants to see Diesel. I mean all of Kevin Nash, but he wasn't a good. His best Kevin Nash's best match was was uh against HBK at WrestleMania 11 when HBK just like sold the shit out of everything. And it may, and that was that was uh, the whole <clears throat> the whole year Bruce and Pat Patterson were like Sean's a baby face. We got to turn to baby face. And Vince is like, God damn it. I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear. Sean will never be a baby face. <clears throat> WrestleMania 11 happens. Gets a huge pop from the crowd. Everyone's loving him. He gasses Diesel in the first two minutes. And he told he told Kevin he was going to do it. And then he just sells the shit out of everything. Like a foot and a half shorter than Kevin Nash. And he's just selling everything. <laughs> the next day. He calls he calls a meeting with all the agents and he's like, God damn it. Why am I the only one who sees it? We got a baby face on our hands. About <laughs> <That> HPK. <laughs> and uh Yeah, and then that they turn they had Sid tur- Sid turn on him and um yeah, the rest is history. But uh rest in peace or power or whatever the fuck they say nowadays. Scott Hall, you were one of my, uh, like, yeah, I love the Avengers. I love Batman. I love Spider-Man. I didn't really, I, I take that back. I did not read any Avenger books. I really didn't. I fucking hated Iron Man when I was growing up. X-Men was cool. Spider-Man was cool. Mm-hmm. Batman was cool. Superman was fucking lame, and the Avengers were lame. Uh, Captain America was a loser. That's all I got to say. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, they... Wait, you're not allowed to admit that. You have to. You have to say that they were always the greatest. No, no, no. Uh Brian Michael Bendis. I, I liked my Iron Man cards because they were shiny metallic. Right. Brian Michael Bendis and Kevin Millar, or uh, what's his name, um, Mark Millar, when they did like the Secret Wars and the Civil War stuff in the early 2000s. Then they made fucking Tony Stark cool. And then, of course. Ronnie Robert Downey Jr. and John Favreau and Kevin Feige <clears throat> made Iron Man cool. But anyway, what I was, my point was saying is why I liked X Men and Batman and Spider Man. My heroes growing up were like you know Hulk Hogan and HBK and Razor and 
you know, Mick Foley, Mankind. My hero was my dad. My dad couldn't do a razor's edge. <laughs> my dad couldn't take a high spot off a fucking ladder. God damn, fucking goddamn, take a high spot. Gotta go kill himself, motherfucker's huge. I watched my dad climb a 20 foot chain link fence to cut down a 12 foot racing cigarette banner with a knife at a racetrack and put it in his car. Ooh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I want that. It looked cool in the garage. Like, there's fucking people around. Yeah, but it's NASCAR. I, I think they're like, no one gives well, goddamn, how'd he get there first? Do you like our uh, our artwork today? I do. Yeah, Rad Years 316 says, listen to our podcast. <laughs> I mean, we are In drinking the beer. Words. Unless you're drinking coffee. No, no, no coffee. I had an ener- my uh, little energy drink uh, on the way home. Uh, now I have some beers. Did so. you have your uh, road hoagie on the way home? Uh, I did. Yeah, I, I scarfed it down quick. Okay, okay. So I'll find out in the morning if I had Italian dressing on my uh, sweatshirt or not. <laughs> Another grease stain. What's that? Another grease stain. Uh, it's, this is the black one, so hopefully it doesn't show up so bad. Yeah, you know Don will get that out. Hmm. Uh, I think it's already set. <laughs> what am I, a penguin? Well, I mean that is the joke, I guess. But uh, um, news. I don't know what what news is there. I mean, we've talked about the Batman being awesome. Yeah, uh, I on I went on and I mean, like, oh, there might be some news, and he's gonna drop something on me, but. Real, I did you see the Miss Marvel trailer? Uh, no. Oh, it's fucking badass. When did that drop? Ah, like two, three days ago. Oh, I'll watch it after the show. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, Kamala Khan. They do a they do a Kamala Kamala joke in the. Uh, <clears throat> Kamala Khan getting powers, joining the Marvels. Um, but yeah, that's all. That's all I saw. Uh, more people showing love. The Batman's doing really good. It's making fucking tons of money, uh, regardless of what Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin say. <clears throat> and um, yeah, uh, it's uh. It's uh, I don't I don't know. There's nothing else really. I don't see it. No. It's it's sad, slow news week. Um. And we're here to really lift your spirits. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we do. We're gonna talk. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice already. We're gonna talk. Oh boy. Um. Oh, and there's gonna be a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's going to be a lot of uh, bad impressions in this one. So if you hate my Vince and you hate my Macho Man and you hate my attempt at Stone Cold till I say I can't do Stone Cold, like, just skip this show, you know, and uh, and, and move on. Because uh, we're, we're doing it. Well, so I guess uh, we're 20 minutes in. I don't know. If we... Oh, they added. They did add a. They added the Daredevil and Defenders and all those shows to Disney Plus. 
<laughs> I guess. Uh, I, I, maybe I'll go back and rewatch Daredevil season one if I have time, but. None of those I, I really want to revisit. I like yeah. them, but they were just too long. I liked them. Yeah, and they, it was good. Like, but like, and they're still fresh enough in my head. Right. Like, if I could just go back and rewatch like some of the fight scenes, that'd be more than worth it. Defenders, I'm good with. Yeah, to think. I don't need to watch it again. Yeah. We watch that in one day. Uh, the Batman uh, has an HBO Max premiere date, by the way, April nineteenth. Oh. Oh, that's not that far. It's only like a month away. Right. Oh, that's awesome. I can I can wait. I was gonna go back and see it in theaters again, but I'll just wait. Cause then I can at least get popcorn. Stupid movie tavern. Yeah, I uh, I'll probably download it to watch on the flight to Las Vegas for an A B. Oh, look at you, Mr. Fancy Pants. Well, we're, it's not like a uh, vacation trip. It's oh no, I'm watching movies in the sky. A lot of work. A lot of work. I'm sure. I don't, what do you think uh, Munch will be watching? Uh, Disney cartoons. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, I watch na- I watch nature documentaries for rhinos bang. Oh, did you? And spe- then speaking people of over your shoulder, can see you watching it. Uh. I don't know if it was legit real or not, but they put out a Sonic the Hedgehog 2 poster that looks ex- Sonic the Hedgehog 2 poster. Actually, I saw from our listener Brian Janello on Instagram that looks exactly like uh, game the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 game box. Yes. Oh, New yeah. Sonic the That's Hedgehog pretty- 2 poster plays tribute to classic game. And it was, I was, it's like, exactly. It's really fucking cool. That's yeah, cool. Uh, and Ben Schwartz, who does the voice of, he's um, John Ralphio in the Parks and Rec. He mm-hmm. does the voice of Sonic. He tweeted it. We understood the assignment. New poster for Sonic 2. I'm so pumped for Sonic 2. I love the first one so much. It is so good. So fun. So much fun. Yeah, they even have the like, checkerboarding on the back of the two. That's perfect. Whoever's behind the Sonic team, they man, do they not? Is this not fan service at its best? And they listen to him. They listen to him. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Very excited for Sonic Two. Did you see the first one yet? I did not. No. God damn it, Squeezer. Sorry, I'm a failure. You are a failure. I know. All right. Sorry. I'm sorry. That's all right. Who's uh who's starting the show this week? I believe it's I think it it's my turn. Yeah, it's your turn. Yeah, I started with Matt tonight so. last time. So here we're talking Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin, everything uh the man cuz to celebrate we're recording this. We started the show on 316. It is now 317. It's now St. Patrick's Happy St. Patrick's Day, Squeezer. Oh, ha- happy St. Patrick's Day to you. I was ah, the luck of the Irish. Of... Yeah. There you go. Show you, show you're, me your lucky charms, and I'll show you me shillelagh. I don't think you're allowed to do that anymore. You won't show me your lucky charms. Uh, you don't want to see my lucky charms. I've got like five boxes. I have the that Christmas box from 1992 on my my collection. Ooh. I do have a. Uh, uh, 
the hell you call that? Cereal? Car. Not the really Keychain. shitty meat in my fridge for tomorrow. Oh, corned beef? Corned beef. Yeah, I got a corned beef sitting there waiting for me. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I couldn't think corned beef. Unless it's like Hormel's corned beef hash. Like, I don't really fuck with corned beef. Ah, oh, it's so good. It's so bad. It's so good. All right. We might as well get started. Uh, I bought, I did buy Hormel's corned beef hash for us to have for breakfast tomorrow because I'm off tomorrow. It's vacation. We're also little boys who work so hard. Yeah. This week. You're off tomorrow too, right? I am, yeah. Yeah. So let's go late and stay up all night. Long show. Here's your first pick. Uh. <laughs> you can't walk his walk. And that's the bottom Shirt. The Stone Cold Steve Austin T-shirt. 316 appears on the front, and a skull is on the back with Stone Cold etched in the forehead. Some people will go to desperate lengths to possess one of these shirts. All you have to do is call 815-734-1161 or send a check or money order to the address on your screen. And that's the bottom line. So call now. So call now. Hold on. I got to uh, crack open a new Steve Weiser. I'm back. Glub, 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 glub. Ah, uh, yes, the Austin 316 uh, T-shirts. I got uh, mine. Had you key- had one? Oh, fuck yeah, I had one. Bastard. I uh, I wore it every day to school, like all the time. I I got, so there's a kiosk in the Phillipsburg Mall. I got that one and the DX shirt at the same time. Ah, oh, they're so cool. Uh, you didn't have one? No, my mom wouldn't let me get one. Really? You're only a year younger yeah. than me. My mom bought it for no, me. No, my mom, I don't know. She was weird. We had huge wrestling parties in my house by that time. Like, my dad had a projector, and we'd project it on the side of our house, and, like, the whole yard would be full with people out from school. Oh, no. Like, I almost had to hide my wrestling from her. She thought it was, like, a bad influence well, on me or That's because you gave it up. I picked it up in 1990 and didn't stop till 2004. Ah. Hmm. But yeah, no, no, she was not a fan. I didn't get my own wrestling shirts until I bought my own, like, ECW shirt in, like, 2000. And that was, like, with my own money that I had from working at the golf course, cleaning golf carts. Uh, yeah. No, no she, my, did, she did not really approve of the wrestling. No, my mom my mom had her favorite wrestlers. You know, she liked the hands. She liked British Bulldog and she liked Macho Man. Uh, my dad would take us to the live shows, as we talked about multiple times. My dad took mm-hmm. me to ECW shows. That's pretty cool. But you know, wrestling was he's he worked those shows at Hamburg with Johnny. They yeah. did camera for Vince. Yeah. Back in the day. Um so you know, and wrestling before internet, wrestling made the company a lot of money. Hmm. Pay per views. Um yeah, yeah, she did not approve. I guess coming in when I did, it was starting to get a little raunchy. And if she didn't approve of a dog eating dog food on Pee Wee uh, she wasn't going to approve of whatever. Here, here's the... what's gonna blow your mind. My mom bought me the Sable Playboy. You suck. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, they gave up on being good parents. Good for you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> By the time I got kicked out of Catholic school and was in, like, they were like, like worried for me. All right, let's just commit to this route now. Right. He's done the complete heel turn. Let's support him. Uh huh. Uh huh. Right. 
Yeah, my dad often says he got his foul mouth from me. I got my foul mouth from my fun. I, I will believe that. Because I, 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 yeah, I swear like a goddamn sailor, and I did since I was a kid. I just started cursing all the time, <laughs> and there was nothing they could do. And talking about masturbating, too, like openly. And they are like, Ren, you don't talk about that in front of the family. Like, why? <laughs> yeah, my heel turn was, yeah, I went full Hollywood Hogan. <laughs> ah. Like the whole family was throwing <laughs> trash at me at Thanksgiving <laughs> Why I just posed with my belt <laughs> in the ring. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, well, it is, then you are one of the millions, um, because I sure wasn't, I was probably the only one that didn't have one. Oh, mine probably wasn't legit. It was from a stand in the Phillipsburg Mall. I, uh, I doubt it was. <laughs> I mean, it could have so been, it, but. It could have been, yeah. or it could have been a complete knockoff, because it wasn't hard to, you know. Rip off. It's white lettering with right. Austin three sixteen in the front, and then I had the smoking skull in the back. The first okay. One. Then it was it was probably the real deal then. Yeah. And I my uh, DX shirt had suck it, two words suck it on the back, just like nice one. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, yeah. I I'm a dichotomy. How can you love Stone Cold and DX? But yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it yeah it was weird, and they were kind of almost relieved when they moved past the whole to like you know. Turned DX face, they were more than happy to. Yeah, when, um, when Sean, after WrestleMania 14, when Sean went on the hiatus, gotta go on hiatus, pal, and, and Hunter yeah. took over DX. Yeah, that was its, that was its, and it, it feels like it lasted forever, but it was only like a year. It, this whole period was really a flash in the pan, but they did so much. All right. Um, yeah, and, and it's like you think of like the program that like Hogan worked because they always make that comparison like Hogan versus Stone Cold and like but you look at the program like Hogan worked it was like house shows and then it it was it could be drawn out for so long whereas the stuff they had to do the amount of material that they crammed into like three or four good years here would have stretched the entirety of the eighties. Well, yeah. Well, think about it. Like back in back before the Attitude Era, uh, like Raw was just squash matches, and it was just vignettes and promos on superstars and syndication. The, the first promo ever being uh, Razor Ramon. The vignette, you mean? Well, no, it was the first uh, first live segment on Raw was Vince interviewing Razor. Oh, 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 oh. I was like, what are you talking about? I <laughs> like saw they, that. I saw it on Instagram. It may or may not be true. They've done, ton, they've did tons of vignettes. Well, it could be true because the first Raw was 93, so that makes sense. Yeah. First match was HBK. Hmm. Yo, Chico. You, didn't you just watch all the Raws? Shouldn't you know this? I didn't, I didn't start. I, I jumped. I watched a few early on, and I jumped like right uh, in like '96. Okay, okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he was I wasn't going to go through all he that. He was already in WCW at that point. Yeah. Right now, I am in. It's just starting to boil over. I am in February of 1998. It's pretty mm. awesome. Yeah. Oh, so you're um, you're almost at WrestleMania 14, which we're going to. Oh yeah. About oh yeah. We're show. leading up to it. Yeah. We we. Uh, he's shoving Tyson and all that's all that good stuff's going on right now. Nice. Um, oh, it's, actually, it's a lot of fun. And then, look, and we we really look through look at it with like rose colored glasses because there was some hot garbage going on at the same time. Like oh, yeah. it was either fantastic, the best thing on TV, or like w- what the hell? You guys were really just trying too hard at this point to be offensive. Um, 
But um, it was the biggest and still to this day the highest selling T-shirt of all time. Hmm. Um, Now, also because it was at the time like that was the T-shirt and Vince was against it. And I'm stealing this just from listening to Bruce because, look, if you want to actually learn something, listen to something to wrestle with. Um, But apparently Vince was against it. And I remember hearing this uh, a while back. And it's funny um, because Bruce has the same opinion as I have because he was all for it. And he just wanted to do, like, the Austin 316 simple letter. Just keep it simple. And Vince wanted a picture of Stone Cold on his shirt because he's like, we got to show our heroes. In fact, he wasn't even too hot on the idea because he was a heel. And he's like, heels don't sell merchandise. Um, but Bruce made the same argument I always made. Well, when Bruce came, like, says he made the argument. Also, yeah. uh, uh, Russo also takes credit for saying it needs to be a T-shirt. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the truth lies that, somewhere but, in the middle. But that, it wa- but that it wasn't his face. Yeah. Because he made the argument, like I do with my those NASCAR shirts my dad used to buy me, which was, you don't want to wear a guy doesn't want to wear a shirt with a giant picture of another guy's face on his chest, mm-hmm. and that was my thing. And I love this shirt for that reason. Like it's, it's my style. I don't know why I I just mommy wouldn't let me have it, <laughs> um, but you know like. Yeah, I, I could have a fighter jet and a race car and some other southern man with a mustache face on me, but yeah, it was. I would I would have gone for a plain old Austin three sixteen. I think. I think uh, then or, they well, eventually made the the Terminator one with pe- his face on it. People started showing up in um, to the arena after he did cut the three sixteen promo mm-hmm. with Austin three sixteen signs and. Vince like, God damn, what are they doing that for? And Bruce apparently was like, fuck, that should be a, that should be a shirt. That's a shirt right there, Austin 316. It's simple, and it, it sums it all up. Like, it's got to have a like skull on the back. What? It's like something he would wear, too. He did wear it. Yeah, I know. But, like, you couldn't see him wear, like, if you had Austin wearing a shirt with, like, a, a goofy pattern on and, like, him, like, Making a mean face. Like, it, it doesn't work. It looks silly. Well, they did put some silly Austin shirts out. Like, him oh, with they the, absolutely the snake did. arms. And... But this one is the best by far. Yeah. Um, and still, I, th- I they, they don't like to release numbers, but I've seen 10 million plus shirts sold. Oh, I mean, knockoffs alone. I mean, probably. Probably. Yeah. Oh yeah, all those vendors just outside the arena. Yeah, with, with their little Austin shopping 316 carts. Austin three sixteen shirts here. Austin three sixteen. But yeah, uh, you had one. I didn't because I did have one. I wore it to ju- school I'm all the time. I was the. Uh, could, could you wear it to school? Yeah. Were they strict with that? Oh, that was the other thing too. Whitehall like really cracked down on like wrestling shirts. Why? They were pricks. I guess I don't know how big. Well, how big was your graduating class? There's like 200 of us. Oh, okay. So Whitehall's kind of small. There it, was now it's much bigger. There was there was no more than a thousand kids in my entire school. There was a, more than a thousand. My graduating class was a thousand one hundred ninety four kids. No, it was very it was very small back then. So how the fuck are they going to crack down on wrestling shirts with one thousand one hundred ninety four kids? Good point. Right. <laughs> 
there was no there was no clicks there was no there was no bullies or jocks like I, I like I all those high school cliches I don't didn't see there was just too many fucking kids <laughs> like there were seven lunch periods <laughs> oh that's awesome they just l- ran lunch they had to start running lunch at like 11 and run it to like two because there were so many that. kids yeah all right moving on my first pick There it is. Wait a minute. That's a smoky skull bell. You want this piece of trash you call a title? It is around the waist of the rock. Rock eater, get that damn belt and hand it over to Stone Cold Steve Austin, or I will wipe this whole damn arena with your stinking. Redneck, does this look familiar to you, Austin? It's your piece of trash title. It's the bridge. There's the water, and it's a long way down. You want the piece of trash? You come get the piece of trash. Here we go. The bounding, the fist fight is on. The rock and the rattlesnake. Go to hell. No. Austin, you want your belt? You take it to hell with you. Ah, the Smoking Skull title. This was so fucking cool. Uh, he, I mean, this was the first time. Like, you, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, like, Warrior would change the strap on the Winged Eagle. Mm-hmm. And I only knew the Winged Eagle at this point. Like, before, I, I went back and watched. I rented all the WrestleManias from Blockbuster. Watched them all. But like I only like the wing Ingle was given the Macho Man in the eighty eight or eighty nine, and uh, it was the belt up until um, Stone Cold beat Sean, and then the the Giant Eagle came out, and then Stone Cold came out with his own. Um, there were two belts made. Uh, one was gold. And the other was silver. They never showed the silver one. He di- Steve didn't like the Eagle WWE title belt design. And the story is it poked him in the neck when he gave Vince McMahon that famous first Stone Cold Stunner, uh, which I'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, then they made the sc- a Smoking Skull belt after that. Um, it was Animal and Hawk of Legion of Doom who were in the locker room that told Steve Austin... You're so badass, you need your own title. Uh, so Austin went... Coming from those guys means something. Yeah, right. Well, goddamn, kid. That's my, my Austin. Well, goddamn, kid. Hey, Vince. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> my voice is missing it. Vince is like, what do, you, what do you mean, pal? You want your own title belt? You want your own championship? It's not a title belt. So Vince signed off to it. Uh, not Reggie Parks made the winged eagle. Joe Marshall... Uh, Jamar made this title. Two belts were made, uh, a silver and gold design. He kept the silver one for himself and used the gold one on television. Um, uh, the Neither of the real belts had the snakes on the tile uh, title painted. Uh, the replicas you buy, the snakes are painted. Um... 
and you can get the gold one replica. But there's like I got Jake one off eBay, but really cheap. <laughs> I don't think it's as big. Um, but yeah, the smoking skull belt was really cool. I had a Jack specific knockoff one in my collection uh, back then. I don't know where it happened to it. Uh, it had the skull in the middle with uh, smoke, silver smoke coming out of his gold eyes. The WWF logo etched into his forehead and said heavyweight champion. It was just so cool and so badass, right? It was cool. And it was like a first, really. Of Yeah, yeah like I said. Then you got the Brahma bull belt. Then you got the spinner belt. Well, the Brahma the... bull belt never made television. Wait, what? The Brahma bull belt never made television. Then where the hell did I see it? they've shown it and like like they have it they made it and they've shown it in like uh videos showing like the WWE warehouse but he never came out with it and never made television really mm -hmm. 100% not saying you're a liar I'm 100% serious it never made television you'd look it up It was just Cena and uh, Austin are the only two. Never have customized huh. belts. I believe Edge did. But it was a version of Cena's. I don't know. Did you look it up? Is I'm, it true? I'm looking it up. I, I find it hard to believe. It's some Berenstain bear shit right there. Huh. Mm -hmm. They never made television. That's crazy. And they lost the gold one when Rock threw it off the bridge there in that video. Because Austin threw a broken Intercontinental title off the bridge. And, and then uh, the Rock threw the yeah. smoking school. And they, they couldn't find it. They lost it. Oh, so it was the real deal? And they're like, oh, we'll just go down and get it. Well, they, they threw a, a stunt double down there, too. Remember? Austin fell in the river, too. Oh, wait. What was that? When, when they were... So Austin pulls up in the pickup truck and starts fighting with Rock that night. And uh -huh. and then Rock knocks him over the ledge of the, the bridge and then knocks him down. And then they show a body. Clearly not oh, Steve geez. Austin falling into the river. And then and then uh, Rock says, T take your piece of trash title with you and throws it into the river after him. <laughs> wow, there's a lot going on. In a short period of time. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, the Brahma Bull Belt never made television. And the, huh. I'll talk more about more belts later. I, I don't want to blow my picks later down the line. Oh, of course not. Uh, but yeah, um, Smoking Skull Belt, pretty fucking cool. Uh, I read that uh, two two effects that Vince did it and that Austin just had the belt made without McMahon knowing, and but that was and the just walked out with it. Yeah, I think that was kayfabe. I don't know if that was real. Hmm. I feel like that's something that he would have. Yeah, like someone would. Someone would hear about that and go to him about it. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Well, that's Smoking Skull Belt. Here's your next pick. I got a little Christmas present for you myself. Oh! 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 Stone Cold Stone Santa Claus! He cracked Chris's Kringle! Oh, hell yeah! Nobody but the Rattlesnake or Stone Cold Stunner, St. Nick! That first clip had his old Ringmaster music in the background. Yeah, that was still early. That was during his feud with Savio. Ah, um, he he was Savio's good buddy. He asked him to come in. They did the the strap match, right? Yeah, I you know what? So I started right before that started. I want to say, and I fucking loved that feud. They worked so well together. Everyone says that's what and, uh, started Stone Cold down the road to going turning into Stone Cold. I could see it. You can see it. Yeah, for sure. And that's also when they kind of just worked the million dollar man out. Like he just kind of disappeared and well, Steve he didn't just disappear. Doing his own thing. He got signed by Eric Bischoff. Well, but it, like he was slowly like he didn't need him. Clearly, and then yeah, he just disappeared one day. Where did Steve Austin make his WWF debut on? A little trivia for you. Oh, I don't know. The Brother Love Show. Oh. Million Dollar Man. 95? Yeah, it it was 94, 90. 94, 95? Because he was still in WCW in 94, I thought, right? Well, he... um, And then then he... It's 96. It was 96. January 96. 96. He was in... So they sent him to ECW... Mm-hmm. To to work with Paulie on his promos, yeah. he he his contract was up with WCW, and they sent him to ECW, and Paulie's like, "You must bring in Steve Austin and give that man a microphone." And Vince was like, "God damn, pal, he's got that Southern accent. I'm not giving him a mic. Give me a million dollar man. He'll be his mouthpiece, pal." And he worked a program there with Mikey Whipwreck. Um, who, so there's a lot of conflict. People, a lot of people like to take credit for where the stunner came from. It was Mikey uh, Riprax, and he asked him to use it. Yeah, well, it depends. That comes from Steve because, Austin himself. Or if you watch any recent documentary or talk, look at anything online, it all came from Michael Hayes. Well, do, do, do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but but um, it might have came from Michael Hayes, but Mikey Ripwreck was using it, and he asked his permission yes. before he started using it. Oh yeah, and he even asked um, on on um on uh one night only or whatever it was the 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 reunion show. He mm-hmm. called. He asked Mikey Ripwreck if he, because Stone Cold came out at the end. He goes, "Could I use a stunner?" And Mikey was like, "Yeah, of course." Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I even I when I was starting to look up a little bit, I'm like, I was getting confused. Now, there's some uh Well hail. There there's some uh what that I got confused. No, I was doing oh 
Oh, yeah, but... Well, hell, I was the first one. I got an idea. How about he drop him on his neck, his shoulder, his chin on his shoulder, and we call it the stunner. Doop, doop, doop. So, where I saw... And so this is where it might come from Michael Hayes because Mikey Whipwreck says that he was inspired that to start using it when he saw it used in a match back in WCW when it was, uh, how was it? Jimmy Garvin hmm. of the Freebirds. Yeah. Uh, Used it in a match against Mark Marrow. Um, and it was kind of like a modified, kind of like how Stone Cold, how Austin did it the first time, where it wasn't like the the kick to the gut, then stunner. It was kind of just like, he w- it was almost like a counter, where he just kind of grabbed the head and dropped down. And so, if you want to like extrapolate that Michael Hayes came up with that move, Garvin used it in that fight... In that match, at one time, Whipwreck saw it and then made it the Whippersnapper. And then Austin, and it only makes sense that, you know, Mikey has this move. Austin does a program with him in ECW. And then he was using the Million Dollar Dream in WWF. And then as his character was changing, and he, he was like, I need something. And I believe that's when he went back to Michael Hayes. And they say Michael Hayes suggested using the stunner. Um, he's like, here, let me show you this move. And, like, they demonstrate it worked out. I'm like, no, he would know the stunner at that point. I don't know. It's... They like to rewrite history. I'm not accusing anyone of anything. But, you know, history gets lost, rewritten, whatever. It is just... I find it odd how it was. I read his book back was, way back in the day, and he said he got it from Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah. Um, maybe he's, I, maybe I, he was like, "Why don't you use that move from Mikey Whipwreck?" Do do do. Yeah, that, that's how that's how I could see it going down. And in the end, it was probably the smartest move because the perfect finisher for him. Like it, it's quick, it's clean, it comes out of nowhere, it's. That kick to the gut that sets it all up is in line with his character. And that was even before he started going into the brawler mode after um, Owen messed him up. Um, but it, it, it's perfect. Like, if the actual finisher matches the character. And it's the other thing they say is that you can deliver it to anyone. And that's true. It's weird. It's awful when you have certain wrestlers and you just you can't land a finisher on like the big show because it just doesn't work. No one sold it like The Rock, though. No, no one no. sold the fucking stuff. And like the apparently, Rock. from according to like one of their interviews, Rock admitted that as more and more as it went on, more and more how it got so ridiculous where he was like bouncing off of ropes. Yeah, it's because they had bets and could, they were just who like, could sell they would more. bet cases of beer. As to like how over the top he could sell it the next time, mm. trying to outdo himself one after the other, and guys look took it as an honor. Like wrestlers, if, if like they were um, in a situation where like Austin would come in and like clear the ring, like wrestlers would argue over who got to take the stunner because it was a badge of honor. I guess. 
Yeah, they they really like when he would make returns at like at WrestleMania. Like Rusev, like wanted he like I have to take this stunner. Well, that's more of a like I grew up idolizing this guy. I want to no, take this yeah, stunner. I don't know if it's a badge of honor back then too. Like guys would want to take it. Yeah, because it's probably fun to sell the stunner. Sure. Oh yeah. I don't know what a badge of honor it is. I don't think you're uh, selling T-shirts after you get stunned, but. Uh, maybe. Uh, although Vince couldn't sell it to save his life. Vince couldn't take it to save his life. Yeah, no. You're wrinkling my suit. What the hell are you <laughs> like, doing, pal? God he, damn. He was trying, his argument was he wanted to try to make it look realistic. And by trying to make it look realistic, it looked really unrealistic. The Stooges sold it. Slaughter sold it pretty well. Yeah. No one sold Triple H sold it really well, and so did The Rock. They they yeah. both would sell it. Uh, Van Dam sold it horrifically because he would just go like straight out, and Austin would land, and RBD's like head, his entire head would come crashing down on his shoulder, and then his legs would hit. So it would just tweak his back. It, it was actually like kind of scary. Almost like breaking his neck. Like he would, he would take it like you would take a diamond cutter. Mm. Yeah. Well, it diamond cool. cutter is the same move. No, 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 no. It's not. A cutter is a front face lock into a for into a forward bulldog, and your face is actually hitting the mat. You're landing flat. Mm. This year, there. This year, jaw is. Uh, I I read a bunch of stuff where people were. There, it's a very, very contentious argument on uh, the internet. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything more on that contentious argument, or should we move on? Oh, uh, no, we can move on. All right. Here is my nice pick. The official WWF action figures. You ready to crunch somebody's bones? I knew that you were. How's it going, Vista? You little punk. Hey, wait just a minute! Oh, no. King of the Iron Rungs, featuring Stone Cold 316, only at Target. Because Stone Cold said so. You know he wanted to call him a little bitch, and they're like, you can't say bitch. <laughs> In the commercial, we're selling these to children. Well, hell, why selling... <laughs> I can't do Austin. This I'm talking about, Not the, it's a Jack-specific figure. It's a Stone Cold Steve Austin figure. But it's the maximum sweat figure. Uh, I gave mine to Colby. I had it still mint on card. But for Christmas Aww. one year, my mom knew I loved Stone Cold. She bought me the maximum sweat Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, if I want to, if I have sixteen bucks and I want to go on eBay, I can buy one mint on card. These things were horrific looking, but in a, I like them. They're in a cool way. So they were big, like mongoloid, cartoonish looking wrestlers. And they had like a little like rubber plug on the back, and they came with a vial that said "Official World Wrestling Federation Sweat." And you took this vial and filled it with water, and then you like would inject the water into the wrestler, and he'd he'd start sweating. There was like a button to push, and he'd start sweating out of his like chest and under his face and everything. <laughs> and they were ghoulish looking wrestlers. Like they had they had like three <laughs> Stone Colds, and he looked like he was demon possessed. It. I had the. The Stone Cold in his vest and his wrestling trunks. There is, uh, you know, uh, an Edge. There was uh, a Road Dog, a Billy Gunn, a Triple H. Uh, a, a, there was a couple Rocks, but these things were f a Kane, Undertaker, of course. 
But look These up. Things the, are scary. Yeah, the Jack's <laughs> Maximum Sweat. And I, working at KB Toys, like these things were awful to put on because they were they're on a card and they were heavy as fuck. But the bubble was about like five inches like deep, and they were heavy. So you, they constantly would like break the the hook that you put them on the the peg, you know. <laughs> so we'd have these little like peg supporters. There were these plastic tabs that you'd put on the back of the card. And we were constantly like 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 repairing the the fucking card on these things because they'd fall, and I was like, why don't we just stack these on the shelf? Like, fuck. We're- they look like rejected Snoke clones. Yeah, right. We are constantly getting like Jack specific figures in when I worked at KB, and constantly like every pay per view, like and like and and then they had like the, all the back stock, the three for ten and everything. And little, I might have told this, but little fact, like, you know, that red line in the writing that would say three for 10. Mm-hmm. Occasionally we'd take like a red flare pen and do that ourselves. But most of those stickers came like that with that printed on it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, they make it look like you. there's some sweet deal that you're getting personally. Yeah. They made it look like someone wrote it, but it's printed on there. It was printed on there. Clever. So Bro, get... that's like going to Kohl's and saving $200 on socks. <laughs> yeah. Right. You actually did save. They bought like, li- they like, they bought these all liquidated. Like they didn't sell mm-hmm. Toys R Us. They came here and liquid or target and they came to KB liquidated and we put that sticker on, but these weren't flying off the shelves at MSRP at Toys R Us right off the bat. Well, the the maximum sweat were first run when they came, but they were peg warmers. They didn't sell that well. But no. I'll tell you what: the Jack specific figures sold. We kept them up front. They sold constantly. Like we we had, they were front and center back in '98. Like like the only thing that bumped them in '99 was um, uh, the Star Wars Episode One figures. But uh, was there any room in the store after those came out? <laughs> We sent we we had to liquidate it all. It was all no one. It didn't sell it for shit. They 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 had us bunch pack a bunch off and send it off to toy liquidators. Oh yeah, which was the 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 one step down from KB. But yeah, that the Star Wars Episode One shit did not sell. Like it sold, like certain pieces sold like crazy. But there was just so like, much. There was so much. So you didn't have a whole bunch of Darth Mauls lying around. There was no Darth Mauls, but we were constantly yeah. opening up, open up cases to sell Darth Maul. They're like this one girl I worked with was like, "What are you opening up cases to pull Darth Mauls?" I'm like, "It's not like they're gonna buy back the case if it's unopened. Like, let's sell <laughs> what we can out of it." So yeah, uh, maximum sweat. Look up those figures. They're goddamn hideous. Uh, here's your third pick. writes this shit um yeah this this wasn't such a great angle the uh the austin heel turn turning a heel Um, heel what's that turning a heel heel turning a heel heel and it didn't work 
Um, like nothing in it made sense. Um, and I, I really don't know. I don't know if they were just trying to freshen things up or new coat, or just, new, new pan of coat. Yeah, but it didn't work. Um, because he was already a heel. Like, so the only way that they can try to make him more heel was to one align himself with Vince, which doesn't make any sense. Like, why would Austin all of a sudden just trust Vince to get his own way and, like, be groveling to him? And then he got whiny. And it's almost like the whole reason why, like, Bret Hart went Steve Weiser. Oh, there you go. Like, Bret Hart turning heel because, like, when he would complain, it came off as whiny. And people just got sick of hearing him complain about it. And Austin was there. Yeah, he was the heel, but he was, like, being a badass. So it's like, oh, that guy's cool. This guy's just over here whining, calling him a, a jackal, you know? And so, like, Austin basically took that approach, just being whiny and, like, and, and just basically saying, you know, screw the fans after, you know, you guys being awesome for all these years and out of the blue, you guys can go screw yourselves. It made no sense. Yeah. Um, the the and, best double turn in the history of wrestling was Hart and... and um, was Survivor Series '96? Uh, Hart and Stone Cold. Yes, the submission match. Yes, yeah, with the I blood. Survivor Series, right? Survivor Series '96, I believe. Yeah. We have these computers um, in front of us. We could look things up. Was that WrestleMania? No, it was. They never. No, because it led up to. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. It was Survivor Series. Um, yeah, right. That's what I said. Watch that. Not that. <laughs> I know. I was thinking, I was saying it too. I was just wasn't gonna step on. They you never. They never wrestled for... WrestleMania. Huh. Um. Yes. They. They. Um. It was the the double turn. Brett went yeah. heel and Stone at the end of the match. The going into the match, Stone Cold was heel. Brett was babyface. I, I think the best. That was the best one. But I think the quickest one that ever happened. Was Rock and Hulk Hogan in WrestleMania yeah. 18. Like they they're facing off. They're like, okay, change of plans. Yeah, I guess uh Hogan Irish whipped Rock into the corner, and when he went over to him, Rock goes, uh, your face, I'm heel, brother. And they just start like Rock started working as a heel immediately. Yep. They, they felt the energy. That's yeah, that's those are pros. That's a pro move right there. Yeah. Um, the, the Brett Austin thing was just so, uh, it, it was beautiful to watch. And apparently Vince was pissed about the blood. Oh my God. Yeah. He chewed, yeah it was a great match. They went in the back furious. and Vince like, who fucking told you you can get color. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. Now, had they have not done that, it wouldn't have been the same. No, that blood is was that, that, and fuck Vince for being of, pissed. He used it in every fucking promo. Oh yeah, yeah. That shot of 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 him in the the fucking sharpshooter with blood all over his face. Oh, and that that image made him. Mm-hmm. That became like the the face of Stone Cold. The face of Stone Cold became the face of Stone Cold. Um. But yeah, that that was. Yeah, and he was still, like, working the heel. Like, at no point, that's the thing. He didn't change. The audience changed with him. 
And that was the difference between this face turn and his heel turn. His face turn, he was the same guy in 96 where he was a heel in in the first Royal Rumble where he, where he cheated the win as he was in his second Royal Rumble win when he won it clean. It was the same guy. Um, and it's just that the fans' mentality changed. Here, you actually... Re- they reworked him to be a heel and changed his. Oh no, you were right. You're right. It was WrestleMania 13. Huh? It was Talk they. Again. They. Their. Their. Their second. They wrestled a bunch of times, but WrestleMania uh, Survivor Series 96. They just had a match. It wasn't the the double turn. The double turn was WrestleMania 13. What was the main event then for that? Was that Brett Undertaker? For what? Or uh, was that Sean Undertaker was the main event? WrestleMania 13? Yeah. It must have been because Sean had the title. WrestleMania 13. Goddamn. Was Undertaker Psycho Sid. Oh. Oh, that's right. Because Austin. Yes, because Austin won the Rumble. He was supposed to fight face Bret Hart for the title. But then they had that four-way on Raw, and that's when Sid won the title the night after the Royal Rumble. I just watched this not that long ago. I don't know why it's just... And then, but because Austin still wanted his match with Brett. Basically said, screw the title, I want Brett. Right. Next year... There we go. Now it's all clicking. Be a whole year till he got it. He came so close to the title over and over and over again. Yeah. I finally got it. Um, but yeah, this heel turn, and in in the course of the heel turn, you know, he's, he's got the title, and now also you got Kurt Angle's worked in there. Then the invasion angle comes in, and at the time I was kind of half excited because I got to see a lot of my ECW guys get on TV. But man, that angle did not. It, it should have had any impact because all the guys they're bringing in were mid the low card talent because all the other guys were sitting out their contracts. Why would you wrestle? They were guaranteed to get paid as long as they didn't wrestle. <coughs> so the only like big names that you had come over were Booker T and like DDP. Um, and then so they bring Austin in and put Austin in and he one day he's a good guy for a day and he's like this is the WWF and you know I'm stone cold and then the next night it's like oh yeah that's when he turns on Kurt Angle Booker covers him and that's it and it's like now I'm all for the alliance and I'm a WCW and ECW guy all the way and I'm in charge now and it's because they had no star power Mm. so they put their heel Austin in front of that and the nothing worked Mm. because then RVD started getting over just on being RVD. So then Austin's feuding with RVD within and he's taking shots at Taz. Um, The whole thing, it just felt completely out of his personality. And then uh, the night after survivor series, uh, Ric Flair comes out, says, Hey, I own half the company. And then Austin comes out and I think like stuns Vince and he's a good guy again. Mm-hmm. Like there, no explanation, no why we did the, it. Just 
they're like, you know what? Let's just cut our losses. Everyone has a short memory and boom, be done with it. But I think it left a bad taste in his mouth because then the next year, that's when things got ugly and he had his walkout and creative differences. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think the whole heel angle didn't do him any service leading into the next year uh, with all that drama. Oh, man, this was such a good year. 96, 97, like leading up to the Montreal Screwjob was so such good shit. Oh, yeah. The fucking Canadian stampede in your house. God damn. Mm-hmm. God damn. I watched that whole thing in the old TV in my garage while I was redoing it and putting in my French cleats. That was fun. What are French cleats played? used for playing French soccer? No. Yeah. <laughs> you going to explain to us plebeians what French cleats are? I, I assumed everyone knows. I don't think so. Oh, yes, they're they're, they're cleats for playing French soccer. <laughs> no, it's a it's a board with an angle cut at it facing up and then you take another board with an angle facing down 45 degrees and you have little interlocking hooks that you can make along your walls to hang your tools. Ah, I knew everything you talked about there. Here is my next pick. Oh, yeah. The theme song. Such a great, the Stone Cold Steve Austin thing. When that glass hit, I mean, mm-hmm. talk about it. You fuck Road Warriors pop. The Stone Cold pop was fucking insane. It was made by Jim Johnson, who did a lot of uh, themes at the time, almost everything for WWF. Um, he was with the company for 32, uh, 32 years. Uh, so I read this article by from 2018 by Justin Barrasso with Jim Johnson. And Jim says, Steve was the ass kicker of a guy who didn't enter a room with subtlety. He needed something to reflect that. Um, Jim Johnson wrote 10,000 pieces of music for WWE. Jeez. And one of his albums, WWF The Music Volume 3, reached platinum, selling 1.2 million copies, which had this song on it. Glass Shatters. So he writes about how he... uh, uh, Step by step on how in 1996 when Austin F. Johnson, if he could create a feeling similar to the one he experienced by listening to Rage Against the Machines, Bulls on Parade. Great song. Actually, Mm -hmm. why Munch and I were driving uh, the other day to somewhere we had... It was on in my car. I forget oh, where nice. the hell we were going, but um, and I was cranking it. I love Bulls on Parade. From his vignettes, 
I saw Steve was the ass kicker of a guy who didn't enter a room. And yeah, I just said that. I'm repeating it. Uh, so immediately Johnson put on his guitar, put his guitar in his lap and thought how to best capture the stone cold character and song. I had in my mind that this would be a driving and low, but it needed something relentless about it, said Johnson. It needed to capture someone who entered a room and made you think, God only knows what will happen next. So I started play, playing driving notes on my guitar, da 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 in a minor key that implied danger. I thought of a car accident, only because of the horrible sound it makes. Then I went to, I went to glass, but the sound of glass was so thin I needed to make it bigger. So I added a car crash. The opening includes glass breaking, an explosion, and a car crash. Johnson wrote the song in 20 minutes, then recorded the first version eight hours later. Wow. Although Johnson was a perfectionist with his music and constantly critiqued his own work, he knew this piece perfectly suited Austin. Right away, I said, I get it. That's Steve Austin, said Johnson. The best part of the job, creating a theme that fits the character. As soon as you heard Steve's, it felt like it had been his theme for years. Oh, here's a good one. Johnson laughed at the original version of Austin's themes. He created the piece of music on a Telecaster, which is uh, ubiquitous in the country world, but uncommon in the world of hard rock. No, Kurt played a Telecaster. Kurt Cobain. Hmm. Um, it was utterly inappropriate for that style of music. I ended up recording the song with a Gibson Les Paul, which is real popular rock guitar. No, Kurt, did Kurt, Kurt Cobain use a Telecaster? I'm pretty sure. I don't want to speak out of tune. Yes, he used the Telecaster. Because, like, Jimi Hendrix made the Stratocaster famous, and Kurt Cobain made the Telecaster famous. I grew up in that era of playing guitar. Uh, Johnson noted that he did not have much interaction with talent, but that Austin was one of the few people to seek him out and personally thank him for his work. Steve Austin was comfortable saying thank you, which is a little uncommon. He's always very appreciative of my efforts and other producers in WWE put together his videos and vignettes. He went out of his way to thank me. Steve was very pleased with the song and always told me it quickly allowed him to get right in the mood and right in the character. So... Want to hear more about Jim Johnson's 32-year run in the WWE? Yes. Uh, he said it started off hungry, which is very literal. There was only one Japanese sushi bar nearby where he lived in Connecticut. It was his favorite food, and he'd go there frequently. And he always see the same people there. And one of the guys, Brian Penry, was Vince McMahon's art director at the time. He, met, he mentioned that Vince had asked him to prepare a video for cable TV convention and asked if I could put some music through it. I thought... Through that, I met Vince. That 1985 project marked Johnson's first with McMahon, and he worked for the WWE until the company let his contract expire November of 2017. Damn. Yeah, it's crazy. He wrote a lot of fucking good music. And he wasn't fired in between at any point? No, like no, he never, he never, he never, not wow. fired, pal. It's a hiatus. Might be the longest, probably the longest tenured guy there. <laughs> yeah, him and Marty Jannetty. Um, <laughs> he did Vince McMahon's No Chance in Hell. Edges, You Think You Know Me, The Rocks, If You Smell, What The Rocks Cooking, Chris Jericho's Break the Walls, and DX's Are You Ready? 
Huh. Yeah, fairly iconic. Yeah, he's a, he's a iconic man. All right. Um, that's my next pick. Here is your fourth pick, Squeezer. WWF No Mercy. Speaking of, it sounds it even sounds pretty good on N sixty four. Not gonna lie. Um, yeah. So, yeah. You know, anytime I get the chance to talk about No Mercy, I will. It's just goddamn fantastic. Um, and Stone Cold, I rarely, I, I played with him a bit only because I always made my creative wrestlers and insisted on always using my guys. Mm-hmm. And Austin was fun, basically for the stunner alone, because they really did it well. Like it just looked good in game. Like some finishers were okay, um, and but the stunner just really worked in real life as it did in the video game. But the rest of his move set, like the thing is, they did a good job in carrying him from real life or, you know, kayfabe into the game. And the problem with that is <clears throat> when you're playing a wrestling game, a lot of times it's more fun to pick, like, the high flyers and guys that do stuff over the top. Because when, like, you're brawling and you're... Brooklyn brawler? Like, you know, you're... What's that? What? What? Brooklyn brawler? Uh, Brooklyn... Oh, no. Oh, uh, I think... Was he unlockable or I might... I think I made him. Um, like if he's in a match and he's brawling, like he can make that entertaining. When you're in playing the game, it's not always the most entertaining thing. When most of your move set are like just like is like a shoulder tackle, and like rough cheap shot kind of stuff. Um, but they had all the special moves there. Like they had, uh the double bird elbow drop and stuff. You could do his elbow smash um, off the middle rope, which was cool. Luthez press was in there and you had the mud hole stomping. Uh, and of course the stunner as your finisher. So you got to get them all days, get a strong grapple and then twist your joystick and boom, you do a stunner and then you pin him. Uh, but he, he had a other move. Like he had like some backdrops and stuff. I think he did a pile driver. Uh, but it was nothing too over the top. So it was actually, you can almost like recreate a Stone Cold match with the moveset that they gave him. Because they actually did a really good job in translating the character from, he even had like his own design punches. Because like you can, there's different like versions of punches that you can have your guy throw so they don't all look the same. And he like, threw, he threw the, the uppercut over, like over the top, uppercut, haymaker, uppercut. Like he went under, over, under, over. Yeah. Like he was rapping. Like he was Lewis rapping cable. Yeah. <laughs> and you can, like, you could see it. You can picture it in real life. Like even, like in the game too. Like The Rock. Like his move set. Like he, like the way he would telegraph some of his punches and swing back. And Austin's were very like 
more rapid and st- like purposely wanting to hurt you. Ooh, telegraph. Without... Someone's acting well read. <laughs> what? It's a it's a fighting term. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, don't don't think I'm intelligent whatsoever. Please. I don't. Oh, thank I'm you. Kidding, I'm kidding. Uh... <laughs> We're sitting here talking at that one in the morning about wrestling in 1999. I don't think either of us are that intelligent. <laughs> um, uh, celebrating a day that happened uh, over an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's my so, fault. I was the one who was like, oh, we'll record it on 316. Ooh, it won't hey, be released You want to work two and a half hours away? Yeah. Um, yes. Um, but yeah, it, he translates well the game. He, he, What's that? It was two fifteen. Two fifteen, yeah. Um, and uh, but the character for like the no mercy body, it looks cool. It looks it kind of ridiculous because they all the characters in that game look a little bulbous. It's kind of humorous, right? Um, especially the ones that don't have. If they have clothes on, it covers a bit of it up. But when they're just like the black trunks, like the way the muscles and the arms and everything are jointed, they kind of look like little balloon men. It's kind of cute. Um, but yeah, I would play with them as time for time to time to time just to do the, uh, just to do the stunner. And the, if you could pull off the Luthez press, it was fun. Um, but I always had trouble with the, uh, Irish whip counters. I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, it was, I just, if I get the chance to talk about No Mercy on the podcast, I'm going to talk about No Mercy on the podcast. He's going to talk about No Mercy on the podcast. We are, this isn't going to be the longest episode, but it's it's late. I apologize. I'm low energy. It's going to be an episode. Here is my next pick. It's real simple. The easy way is to learn to be flexible, to learn to adapt, Mr. Austin. And if you'd bear with me for just a moment, please. Mr. Austin, adaptation is a key of life as well as in business. That's the easy way, and quite frankly, the hard way. You're going to wind up doing it my way anyhow. You'll be forced into doing it my way, so that's the hard way. And we don't even need to discuss that. Wow. Like I said, that's an extremely important decision in my book. For yours and my relationship, can I have maybe 10 seconds to think about this decision? By all means. What you've seen is how to do things the hard way. If you want Stone Cold to continue doing things the hard way, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, This is the Raw after WrestleMania 14. So he finally 
with Mike Tyson Sal beats Shawn Michaels, wins the title. Spoilers. And comes uh, out only like two weeks away. Comes out as the champion the next day with Vince standing in the ring holding this beautiful big eagle blue strap belt with the old school WWF logo in it, which didn't last long because it was replaced by the scratch attitude arrow. Oh God. And then of course WW or whatever the fuck when they get the FM. This beautiful belt, giant. So he's he's got the belt that uh, uh, we grew up with. He, Stone Cold just throws it to the ground and takes the big one off of him, and you know goes to all the corners, flips the bird, does this whole Stone Cold shtick, and then Vince. It's basically the start of. Mr. McMahon, the fucking heel. God damn, he's a fucking heel. He came out of, he might as well come out of a fucking box. I mean, this was building for a while since the Montreal school, screw job, but this was like the debut of like, God damn, pal, I'm a heel. You could do things the easy way or the hard way. Squeezer, next time I say that to you and you try to stun me. In fact, you know what? I want to see this. You try to stun me. <laughs> You want? Do I have to do the kick to the gut? You could try. I have to get a, a stepladder. Or... <laughs> <laughs> I got a running start. <laughs> Launch myself like a big boot. Crash through one of the glass office walls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll still get you in the thigh. <laughs> ah, that stung. What'd you do that for? Well, I'm trying to show you what it's like to do things the hard way. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hold on. I have some a piece of tape I was going to air. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right, Squeezer. Hi, everybody. We can do this the hard way or the easy way, which is you come to the freeze, the walk-in freezer, and you know we use we take our clothes off because we get locked in there and have to use our body heat to stay warm. And I let you eat all the ice cream sandwiches you want. Or we could do things the hard way. And I'm not even gonna go into what that is. Oh geez, I don't know what the hard way is. Hmm. Can I have a few seconds to think about it? Take all the time you need. All right, so what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to make a little ladder and go in, uh, and I'm going to make some French cleats that uh, prevent the door, <laughs> door from locking. <laughs> so we can go in there and get the ice cream sandwiches the easy way, and then, you know, we don't have to sit there naked and uh, hold our bodies together. That's a win-win, I, I guess if you say so. Again, not my best. I'm work straight <laughs> off the cuff. I was trying to figure out a way to work French cleats in. After I said that, is that all you were thinking about? Is I have to get to lunch, ladies, so I can bring up French cleats again? No, I wasn't until um, I, I did the. You were doing lunch, lady, and realized you had nothing. I, no, I I didn't. I didn't have any like ideas to do lunch, lady, until I did the impression just now. Um, do things the hard way, and like you know what, I should I should bring the lunch lady in on this. She might want to bring up French cleats. <laughs> You're so occupied with French cleats. Let me show you my French dip. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, oh. 
Squeeze it. Uh, Stick your hokey roll in my uh, juice. <laughs> it's going to smell like one of those tuna hoagies you eat at the end of the year afterwards, uh, but it's going to feel real good. <laughs> All right, I'm done being disgusting. Bye, everybody. <laughs> that was pretty I like how she emphasizes a yes on it. <laughs> yeah. I just had to kill some time. We had to get to at least 90 minutes. Oh, I wouldn't think people would be too upset if they had got a few moments of their life back and didn't have to hear a lunch lady. <laughs> Make a, I'd be disappointed. I know E-Rock's like hitting the, hitting the skip forward. Enchantress is probably hitting the skip forward. Oh, he's probably thinking, I'm close enough to the end of the show. Oh, they did it. it. Another show without lunch. Ah, oh, fuck. There it is. It's like my uh, sorbet to get Vince off me. Ah, does it feel good? To do lunch lady? Yeah, lunch lady's yeah. not hard. Vince is like, oh, God, I got to get deep and get her off. It, it sounds painful. Goddamn, pal. What do you mean? You mean like the hard way? <laughs> Vince was so good. He was so natural. Oh, yeah. Such a natural dick. You've been saying it for years, Vince. You're, you're a natural dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's macho. They're all living in my head right now. Baby, please. You got the stunner from Dusty Rose. I've been doing it on the road for 30 years. The world's most famous athlete, Dusty Rose, has been doing the stunner before you even was born. Down in Texas. I was in Orlando champion, Florida championship wrestling, stunning people left and right. I called it the dream. What other wrestlers do I do? Oh, God. Have you heard Warrior in a while? No. I guess I guess I should do a warrior. I mean, we're at the end of the show. You might be able to get past it. You still have a pick, and I have a pick left. Oh, really? You still? Oh, that's right. You still got. You have you have your next pick, and I have my last yeah. pick. I'm on my second last. Pick. What are, what are we on right now? What are you even talking about? The wrestle the raw after WrestleMania 14. <clears throat> oh, okay. And I believe it was close to Warrior comeback. Let me play the clip of Warriors coming back. I want to give a shout out to all the warrior fans across the world who look up to the skies and the heavens to the gods who give us the bountiful fightness of all the warrior freaks in the nation and read the comic book I forced Vince to buy for all the fans of WrestleMania and the wrestling world and the Hulkamaniacs and warrior fanatics all around the world. <laughs> my, my impressions still happen even though my brain doesn't at this hour, so. <laughs> um, oh, and I think, I think it was WrestleMania 13. With Warrior. He was gone already. Oh. This WrestleMania, the 13th of a culmination of 13 WrestleManias before, will be just like WrestleMania 6 in Toronto's condo. 
Wow, oh God, I'm gonna barf if I keep doing that. <laughs> All right, I need, uh, I need was a. Was he even gone before that? Was it he was 12, gone maybe? and back and gone and back and gone. And back. Right, yeah, he was gone. Not with your shtick. I can't do anymore. Here's your next. Uh, uh, WrestleMania 12 is where he beat the Triple H. Russ, I have that action figure too. It was a squash. It was like 13 seconds. Oh yeah, yep. And then WrestleMania seven years later, your pick happened. Building. A couple men watching on pay-per-view. We're both laying in the middle of the ring. And I sat up. And I remember I pushed the referee, Earl Hebner, away. He knew that I was going. He knew that I didn't want to go. And this was a hard decision for me to make. I lowered my head down to Steve's uh, ear. And I said... I can't thank you enough for everything that you have done. And then I said, I love you. I remember just laying there in front of 70,000, man. Say, man, I love you too. No. <laughs> no. You think he returns this WrestleMania or you think he still leaves this his last? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what kind of shape he's in. Um, Apparently he's in great shape doing DDP yoga. Well, there's great shape, and then there's great, like, wrestling shape. You know, like, you can be healthy. Um, but to, like, be in, like, the, the conditioning to take a bump, like, the, the physically. I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if he makes an appearance and drops a stunner. Yeah. But um, I, I've, I've also read somewhere where it's like, oh, yeah, he would love to get another match or two, you know, out of it. I don't know. I feel like because... This was such a way to go out. WrestleMania 19. It's technically the undercard. It, it's the the main event is um uh Kurt Angle and uh Brock Lesnar. But the co-main event Rock Austin no title on the line, just bragging rights at this time. Austin already won the first two uh of their meetings. And this was a brawl. In fact, there was one, like, what you would call a wrestling move in the entire match, and that Austin lands a back body drop on The Rock. Not including uh, finishers. Um, Everything else was stomps, kicks, smashes, bashes. Uh, It opens up with... I I just rewatched it last night. And I, I, I almost feel like I missed out on something because... I was uh, a bitter ECW mark at this point. Like, now I was like, by 2003, I'm like, all right, I'll watch wrestling. But I was like, going and finding like RF video, like Japanese stuff. And, you know, just, uh, I was. You're one of those. Did you read Meltzer Report? No, no. Five Star Tokyo Dome shit. No, no. I was never really in the Meltzer, but I would, I would, I would peruse the news sites. And I was on the forums and all that kind of shit. But so and and of course it was cool to not like Stone Cold and The Rock, you know, because they were like over. Oh, I like, love both. Boo, whatever is popular and good. But there's a reason for it. And going back and watching this match much later, much more mature and appreciative of like what they do. And for a match that had <clears throat> one wrestling move and like seven false finishes. It was a really good match. 
where it's really just brawling. It's just punching and stomping and throwing each other around, and one guy beating the hell out of each other for a while, then the other guy beats the hell out of the guy for a while. And it was, like, they really, when Jake the Snake talks about ring psychology and telling a story, like, you see that in these two guys. And and I want, I want to say at the top of their game, because this was Austin's last match. And this was Rock's, Rock would be done within a year of this, in his, like, full-time wrestling role. In fact... Shortly after this, he would leave to film another movie and then come back. So he was really only active for like another six, seven months after this match. Before then, he left to go on a hiatus for a couple years, came back, did a little bit, and then was gone long term. Now, he could come Uh, back anytime he wants. He's in the best shape of any person on the planet. Now, he claims, as of it was like a year ago, he claims that he is retired from wrestling. He's coming back for a match with Roman, guaranteed. That would be huge. That he's, would be huge. He's going to come and back and claim the head of the table. Shape. In they're, freakish shape. They're doing the whole head of the table, you know, Samoan warrior shit. You know he's going to come back when they're mm-hmm. in L.A. next year. And he's going to have the big fucking blow off with Roman. That would be cool. It'd be very I cool. could see it. I could see that. Um, I just I don't want to see Austin get hurt. And because and and look and there's a after being out that long and like you can live your life, just do it because there's a reason why he had to wrestle this match like the way he did. He was hurt. He was seriously. He knew he was done after this. <clears throat> he didn't want to. He, he says it in that interview. He said he didn't want to quit, but his body just couldn't take it anymore. And like the neck injury was still nagging him. Um, the knee injuries were were killing him. Like he, he was a wreck. Um, so like it it had to happen at this point, and it's almost. But look at Edge. He came back. He thought he was never gonna wrestle another day in his life. Well, that's true. Right, Brian uh, Brian Daniels. <laughs> yeah. No, the Edge one actually did, really did surprise me because I remember I was bummed when he went out, and like, but at the same time, and I remember that retirement speech, and. You felt awful for the guy. Yeah, and again, you don't want to see him get hurt. And even then, you're nervous because, like, I don't want you don't want to see these guys get hurt. You know, for real. Um, I mean, yeah, I. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, I, I maybe maybe I could see it. Uh, I I see more likely like a, uh, him coming in, landing the stunner from time to time, and that WrestleMania when him and uh, HBK and Foley come out. And clear the ring. You know, that, 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 that's fun. You know, you, you can do that and just, it's certain bumps. I guess, you know, if, you, if you're with a guy and, you know, they can protect you. And if that's what you want to do, I, I say go for it and shit. And if he does, I will watch it. I mean, I got Peacock, so it's not like I'm paying for it anyway. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like, like if... Honestly, I don't really. I try, I try to tune in every now and then and watch and get interested. But the shows are so long and there's so much filler in between that they never. I never get to a point where it holds my interest, so I move on. 
But if you told me that either Rock's coming back or Austin's coming back, yeah, I will absolutely sit and watch that. I'd come back to watch The Rock. I haven't watched new product in years. Yeah, I'll still. I'm. I'll probably. I'll watch this WrestleMania just to because I can. Um, I would. I watch it not live. Like I watch two days. Jeez, but. a lot of wrestling all right time to put this bitch to bed my last pick well a hot weather rapidly approaching and that's a good way to cool off with the delicious superstar ice cream bar and in hot weather like this what else is better than a world wrestling federation ice cream bar estamos comiendo lado de la superestrella de la wwe Mm, very good. She knows how to keep cool. I got news for you. Mike McGurk is cool with or without the ice cream bar. After you've been riding a horse for a while and you're in that hot old Texas sun, there ain't nothing better than getting you a superstar's ice cream bar right here and taking a great big old Texas bite. Tú ya lo sabes, Miguel. Me como un helado de los WWF ice cream bar is what I'm talking about. And all those, that, that whole promo seemed like a wrestlers from, from like back in the day. It's because, yes, WWF Ice Cream Bars started in 1987. That's how long they were out. Uh, as a partnership with Gold Bond Ice Cream Company based out of Green Bay, Wisconsin, uh, they did the first ice cream bars, which was vanilla ice cream sandwiched between a solid uh, piece of chocolate and a cookie, and the cookie had a chocolate mm-hmm. design of a wrestler on it. And the first was obviously uh, Hogan, Savage, Andre the Giant, Strike Force, which is Tito Santina and Rick Martel, and some other no names. Uh, and they'd each come with a WWF collectible trading card. I bought the shit out of these. And they were so good, too. The cookie, for some reason, was like really soft and the tart. It was, they were fucking delicious. <laughs> but then the card you had to like cut out of the back, you know, and I sometimes just threw them away and I sometimes didn't. Um, they continued. Like through the new generation era, they continued through the attitude era. Um, they 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 waned in popularity as like the attitude area. Uh, but they went into the two thousands. There was Diesel, one two three kid to the Rock and John Cena on these things. Um, they put out the WWF ice cream bars. Uh, not too long ago, the the snack treats like about a year ago. Those are just ice cream sandwiches not the same as the wwf ice cream bars i think cm punk i didn't see this live i just read about it went in the went in the ring and said for vince to bring back the it was in 2011 bring back the wwf ice cream bars yes and the crowd went crazy watching that one and he said i just made you a million dollars yeah uh, apparently, CM Punk started his own ice cream bar company then. Not the same, but I guess when he made his debut in Chicago, all the fans got a CM Punk ice cream bar. You sound really good right about now. But it wasn't a WWF ice cream bar, which were fucking oh. delicious. Uh, I remember one time I went and I got, and I kept getting like, I forget who the fuck I kept getting, but I kept getting over a Kamala or something over and over and over. And I was like, God damn it. I get them from the Texaco behind the house. <laughs> Delicious. That's it. Squeeze. That's our our uh, Austin 
316 show. Uh, what's on the docket for next week? Do you know? Oh, I, oh shit. I had it. And you, I lost it. What do you mean you had it and you lost it? Like, I had it pulled up and then... What'd you do rather than remember it, I was just like, oh, I'll look at it later. And it is... Squeezers getting uh, to what we're talking King of, The about. King of the Hill episode. Oh, yes! Oh, King of the Hill next week. That'll be fun. Then uh, we're talking the malls, right? A third mall show. Ooh, mall. Yeah, mall show three. Also, uh, next week's won't be... will be on Tuesday night, not Wednesday night. We'll be doing a hockey game in Hershey on Wednesday yes. night. We will. You didn't. You just no sold me there, and I'm like, do you see not? Well, no. no? I, I was gonna see. Maybe you go Monday. Why Monday? Because then Wednesday I leave. I what are you talking about? All right, fine. We'll do Tuesday. I, I don't. What? Do you, why Monday? Because then, then I can get stuff done Tuesday before I leave. We'll just get it done Monday. That's not really an option all the time. It could be. There's no video games. When the hell do I get to play video games? <laughs> Am I not supposed to? Uh, is that? Did I just break kayfabe? No. You played video games with me like ten times in the past month. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Am I imagining it? I think so. You know, you're just—he's acting a fool, everybody. There's a I real deal. He plays video games on Tuesday. No, no, no. We're doing the show. Monday. Unless I'm, I might record mine on Monday. We'll see. He'll record his on Monday. <laughs> I'll play. I'll, I'll just do my little squeezer impression for all your picks. It is. <laughs> I honest. I, I would listen to that. Yeah, but no one else would. <laughs> <laughs> so then, uh, the third, the end of uh, end of March, we got the mall show, uh, the snake show on. 4-6. 4-13 retro Easter baskets. Talking about shit that we got in our Easter baskets. Ooh. 4-20. Retro marijuana in movies and TV shows. And you might think, where <laughs> are they going with this? But we don't know yet. Uh, 4-27. We look at, he looks at dates. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He goes with the theme. Yeah. So on 4-21, you'll get the show about us talking about 4-20. Uh, four twenty-seven. Everything Simpsons two, five-four. School field trips, five-eleven. Another arcade episode, five-eighteen. May eighteenth. TV season finales. May twenty-fifth. Retro fast food and restaurants. Four. June se- June first. CDs and tapes we had as kids, and to celebrate, Jurassic World coming out on June eighth. Well, June tenth. On June eighth, we are talking. Jurassic Park. Everything Jurassic Park show, too. And that takes us pretty much through most of the spring. That can't be the spring already. It's the spring next week, Hanson. Ah, hell. I love it. I'm excited. And yeah, we'll but be... that just means it's closer to being over. I just want... Oh, wow, we gotta restart the music. Uh, we got some reviews on uh, on uh, Lisa three hundred nine. Lisa Lisa three hundred nine. L i s s a three hundred nine says, "Love this show. This show gives all the nostalgia of digging through your old toys in my parents' attic with none of the sneezing or claustrophobia." 
That's weird. A lot of people say they sneeze and have claustrophobia when listening to us, but yeah, yes. this person doesn't. Y'all should do a show featuring my favorite acid trip, fever dream in cartoon form, the Elmchanted Forest. I don't know what that is, but I'll look it up. Keep bringing all the feels. Uh, thank you for reviewing us on uh, Apple Podcasts, and you could do that and uh, help us out. Uh, we got another one on uh, YouTube from CXF2015. He says, they say, uh, one, talking local food regulations with the rat years. <laughs> <laughs> Two, I had just been saying how I wanted McDonald's to switch back to putting the shakes in a soda cup. I don't need the whipped cream, just the regular cup. I'm starting to think they're just taking the vanilla shake and using syrup from the McCafe stations to make the shakes. Oh, yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. We want regular shakes, regular uh, gum-based shakes. <laughs> Become based drinks and uh, back in McDonald's and, and soda cups. Um, but uh, that's it. If you want to leave a comment on YouTube or email me or um, uh, comment on uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or re- re- rate us on uh, Spotify, that'd help us out a lot. Uh, but we'll be back next week. I'll tell you what. Talking King of the Hill on Tuesday. Nothing. Yeah, on Tuesday. Because <laughs> Squeezer won't be playing video games between now and Tuesday, I promise you. No, clearly, i got to watch about 10 hours of King of the Hill every night. Oh, I see. I've, I've never stopped. Yeah, I don't, I don't retain things like I used to. Hi, right, everybody. We'll see you uh, next week. Bye. <laughs>